Welcome to the vodcast. In early March 2023, a story took the news industry by storm. Every outlet from CNN to small local stations, bloggers, health and wellness internet sites ran the story. The story was about a scientific study. Would it surprise you to learn there is no study? Only a press release about a study no one has ever seen. The Dr. Reality Vodcast with Dave Champion. Let's start with this. After 2020, 2021, and 2022, I doubt many people have confidence that media tells the truth about health matters. What media companies do is take money from industries that want the American people to hear a particular narrative. It is virtually always a narrative that puts billions of dollars into the pockets of trillion-dollar corporations. So the millions they give the media outlets, whether in the form of advertising dollars or large contribution to news organizations, is trivial in comparison to what they will get in return based on the public accepting as factual the propaganda they are bombarded with by the media. People may not trust the media, but they absolutely love feeling they are well-informed. So what do people do in order to feel well-informed? Do they spend hours researching claims they see in the media? <laughs> no. While saying they don't trust the media, they convince themselves the media wouldn't lie about that, whatever that is, and then accept the false narrative as true so they can feel knowledgeable. You see, in 21st century America, in order to feel good about oneself, it isn't important to know things that are true, it's only important to be able to regurgitate crap. It's a sad state of affairs, that construct passes for being informed. But that's where we are. As a side note, this phenomenon isn't limited to how people react to the media. They do the exact same thing with politicians and government. They will tell you to your face that politicians are liars and the government can't be trusted, and then they'll make decisions based on what politicians and government tell them. How do they do that? Same as we just discussed concerning the media. They convince themselves politicians and governments wouldn't lie about that, and usually because there's a whole lot of confirmation bias involved. Think back to 2020, 21, and 22. A huge percentage of the population convinced themselves government officials wouldn't lie to them simply because those officials held positions in so-called health agencies. They also took as gospel anything said by anyone appearing in the media with MD after his or her name. They trusted those MDs because, again, they wouldn't lie or mislead me about that. I recently did a presentation about MDs lying to the public. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. In today's presentation, one of the big questions is how many Americans believed the media stories about what the study said, despite there being no study, merely a press release. I say there is no study because it hasn't been published. Hundreds of media outlets ran a story about an unpublished study. Phrased another way, they ran articles about a study they've never seen. Because 9 out of 10 studies are never published, this one may also never be published. Since it's fake science, by that I mean industry propaganda masquerading as science, and a mere press release accomplished the goal of the propaganda getting out to hundreds of millions of people, why release the study and have it discredited? It really is mind-boggling that hundreds of news outlets ran a story about a study when all that existed is a six-paragraph press release. 
That must be one hell of a press release, right? So what does it say? Before I jump into that, I want to let you know that when I'm done sharing with you what the press release says and what the media has said about the press release, I'll explain why it was important for millions of dollars to be spent to get this propaganda, this disinformation, out to the public on such a mass scale. Stay with me for that because it really is the kicker of the entire issue. I obviously don't want to bore you reading six paragraphs of a press release, so I'll just give you the main points and link to the press release in the notes so you can have a gander at it if you're inclined. The first point the press release wants you to know is that a low-carbohydrate, high-fat diet increases LDL cholesterol. The second thing the press release wants you to know is people on low-carbohydrate, high-fat diets have twice the risk of getting heart disease. Now that we know what the press release claims... What does the press release tell us about this study no one has ever seen? The first thing we know is the researchers, if we can call them that, followed the participants for, on average, 11.8 years. Impressive, right? Actually, no. That's been rendered meaningless by another element of the so-called study. The crux of the study is what participants ate. So researchers have detailed information on that, right? No. (laughs) Over that 11.8 year period, the researchers received a single report of what each participant was eating, and it wasn't verified. It was simply self-reported on a form. In other words, this so-called research extended a single self-reported eating profile provided at one moment in time to an entire decade. Should I mention that research has shown self-reporting of food consumption is notoriously unreliable because people tend to write down what they think they should be eating, not what they're really eating. In other words, they want what they submit to look good, even if it's not truthful. For any thinking person, the fact that the researchers applied an unreliable, self-reported eating profile submitted on a single day to the other 4,300 days of the study period should destroy any notion that the conclusions in the press release are factual. Nevertheless, I'll share with you some of the elements of the propaganda masquerading as science. Do you know that anti-gun groups typically categorize children as being people up to 25 years of age? They do that so they can mislead the public concerning how many shootings involve children. My point in sharing that is when people with an agenda use words like children or low-carb or high-fat, we need to know what those terms mean. In this press release, they tell us that low-carbohydrate means less than 25% of the person's calories are from carbs. There is no qualifier of how much less. In other words, 24.9% qualified for the, by their definition. The best current estimate is that average American adults consume 50% of his or her calories from carbohydrates. According to our world in data, the average daily calorie consumption in the U.S. is 3,782. That means just a hair less than 1,900 calories a day come from carbs. That translates into 473 grams of carbs. So, if 50% of the daily caloric intake equals 473 grams of carbs, then a person could be in this study if they consumed anything less than 236.5 grams of carbs a day. In what universe is 236 grams of carbs a day a low-carb diet? Answer, it's not a low-carb diet. What they're doing is akin to saying a person who was eating 60 Twinkies a day, but now eats 30 Twinkies a day, is on a low-Twinkie diet. On the other hand, I'm on a true low-carb, high-fat eating regimen. As an example, my total carb intake yesterday was 3 grams. Sometimes it's zero. 
I think the highest number of carbs I've consumed in a day since going carnivore a bit more than two years ago was nine grams. Before carnivore, I ate keto style. For the three years I ate keto style, I never once reached 30 grams of carbs in a day. Most days, my carbs were in the teens. In short, the participants in the so-called study were not eating a true low-carb diet. I'll also point out that virtually every news outlet that ran the story referred to the participants as being on a keto-like diet. Aside from the researchers not remotely knowing if that's factual from one questionnaire in 11.8 years, people who eat keto-style typically keep their carbs below 35 grams a day. Since 35 grams or below is keto, in what universe is 230 grams of carbs a keto-like diet? Answer, in the universe of intentional disinformation. The press release also characterizes the keto-like diet as having fat intake above 45%. Again, that's a gross misrepresentation of keto. The standard ratio of fat on the keto diet is 80%. So, I ask, again, in what universe can one apply the name keto, which involves 80% fat, to a diet that is somewhere above 45%? And again, the answer is only in a universe of intentional disinformation. As I mentioned a moment ago, I eat carnivore style. The same day I had three grams of carbs, my fat intake was 70%, well above the 45% for the so-called study. As a side note, these are typical daily numbers for me. What should we make of the press releases claim that people who ate keto-like had twice the risk of heart disease as other groups? What we should make of that is nothing at all. Why? because we have zero information about what the other group ate. All the press release says is the other guys ate a standard diet. Considering how the press release mischaracterized the study diet as low carb and high fat, I can only imagine what the standard diet will be shown to be if the study is ever released. In other words, while the study diet is described in only skeletal terms, the opposing diet isn't described at all. Any claim about one or the other being better or worse in terms of heart disease has to be dismissed at least until the actual study is made public, which I suspect won't happen. Knowing what you know at this point, check this out from cardiologist Yuming Nai, as quoted in Yahoo News. Nai says, quote, There's more inflammation with keto diets in general. High fat is generally more inflammatory. Close quote. Okay, so let me say this plainly. Nai is either an idiot or a liar. I suspect he's a liar promoting an agenda. Again, I'll remind you about the link in the show notes to the video about MDs who lie, and I could easily have been featured in that video. The science of the matter is eating keto or carnivore puts a person into ketosis, and ketosis is the least inflammatory state known to mankind. Several years ago, when I was eating keto style and I was in ketosis, which I have continuously been for five years, I asked a doctor friend to order me an SED blood test, which measures inflammation in the body. For a male, you want to be below 22. The further one is below 22, the less inflammation in your body. Mine was two. Yeah, so much inflammation when eating 80% fat. Also, when eating 80% fat, my coronary calcium scan score was zero. You don't get a score of zero eating a diet that causes inflammation because inflammation is one of the primary drivers of cardiovascular disease. What should we make of the press releases claim that a low-carb, high-fat diet increases cholesterol? Again, we should make nothing of it because the researchers have no idea what the participants were actually eating over that 11.8-year period, as well as the fact that this was not, in reality, a low-carb, high-fat diet. The press release is disinformation propaganda, 
they can't be taken seriously. Before I continue, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, and share the hell out of this video. You should also know who is disseminating this information. Let's start with the organization that published the press release, the American College of Cardiology. Remember that name because we'll be discussing that entity in a moment. The news outlets that ran this disinformation are too numerous to list, so I'll just name a few. CNN, Prevention Magazine, Healthline, Salon, NBC, ABC, Yahoo News, Newsmax, Medscape, Washington Post, Fox News, The Toronto Sun, Sun <laughs> MSN, The Daily Mail, WebMD, News Hub in New Zealand, and hundreds more. You'll notice this isn't a left-right thing. Outlets across the political spectrum are spreading this disinformation. You have to wonder what industry group or groups are paying these outlets to run a story based on nothing but a press release. Another related question is why would one or more industry groups be paying media outlets across the globe to publish disinformation? The U.S. gross domestic product figure for 2022 is 2555 trillion dollars. Roughly 25% of that is the medical and food industries. In other words, $6.4 trillion of the GPD is the food and medical industries. And here's the punchline. Are you ready? The propaganda, the disinformation, is essential because ketosis is an existential threat to the continuation of big pharma, big med, and big food. In body science, I detail the financial devastation that would occur to those sectors of the economy if the American people were to gain an understanding of what ketosis is and what it does in terms of human physiology and health. For big med, big pharma, and big food, it is imperative you never understand what ketosis is and what it does. Now, let's return to the organization that put out the fake science press release, the American College of Cardiology, ACC for short. ACC is America's premier fraternity of cardiologists. Its sole purpose is to support cardiologists in the U.S. In the U.S., $320 billion is spent annually managing and treating cardiovascular disease and cardiovascular risk factors. Those risk factors include, pay attention, obesity, insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, and inflammatory diseases. Now, let me give you a list of diseases a body in ketosis cannot get, and which will be cured by ketosis if the person has them when entering ketosis. A partial list is obesity, insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, inflammatory diseases, cardiovascular disease, and heart disease. In short, if the American people understood ketosis and weren't scared away from it by the sort of disinformation being spread by the American College of Cardiology, the cardiology field would economically collapse. Somewhere in the range of 95% of cardiologists in America would have to find another line of work because the public would no longer need them. How cool is that? For the American people, very cool, but obviously a disaster of epic proportions for those in the field of cardiology. And cardiology is just one part of the impact ketosis would have on medical industry revenue. A nation living in ketosis would have little use for the medical profession. About the only things people would need a doctor for would be diseases caused by genetic abnormalities, illness or disease from certain communicable diseases like HIV or viral hepatitis, and emergency room trauma such as a car crash or falling off a ladder, medical revenue in general would probably decline 80%. What do you think would happen to Big Pharma's revenue if everyone in the U.S. lived in ketosis and was healthy? Big Pharma would likely see a drop in revenue in the range of 90%. I won't get into the consequences for the food industry because it's 
complex and would significantly lengthen this presentation, but I will tell you that it would result in a seismic upheaval of that industry. In body science, I discuss many such issues in detail that I don't have time to address with you today. Aside from news outlets giving people like Dr. Nye a forum in which to lie to the public, what other manipulations took place in the media coverage of this story? Quite a few, but one that jumped out at me is that many of the articles quoted so-called health professionals recommending diets such as the DASH diet and the Mediterranean diet as alternatives to low-carb, high-fat diets such as keto. As you learn today, the study no one has ever seen had exactly zero to do with eating keto style. So you know the fix is in when the media calls a diet that has nothing to do with keto, keto-like, and then recommends other diets as being healthier, less risky than the keto diet that the press release didn't address. So what do the DASH and Mediterranean diets have in common that would reinforce the false narrative being promoted by the American College of Cardiology and the industry groups that have paid to have a mere press release featured across the globe as if it was a study? Simple. Those diets won't put people into ketosis. If they can convince people to get on a diet that won't put them into ketosis, people will never experience what happens when they go into ketosis. So... What happens when you go into ketosis? The first of three things people experience is they are immediately hit with an abundance of energy. It's the energy level your body is intended to have. Uh, it's an amazing feeling, and it continues as long as you stay in ketosis. The second thing they experience is a dramatic increase in mental clarity. The third thing they experience that often doomed them with diets that didn't put them into ketosis is their cravings for carbs disappear. To be clear, they can still have some mental cravings, but physiological cravings disappear. And since physical cravings are the most problematic, the importance of no longer having them can't be overstated. You can't imagine how many people have their minds blown when their bodies flip into ketosis and they suddenly have abundant energy, greater increased mental clarity, and no more cravings for crappy food. From there, your excess body fat just starts falling away effortlessly. It's a hell of an experience. In my case, I lost 48 pounds in five months. Perhaps equally as important, while the excess body fat was falling away, I was never hungry, never irritable, and never had any sentiment other than, this is amazing. Once the excess body fat is gone, the healing begins. I know this may be hard to understand because you don't know the science of ketosis, but after breastfeeding ends, if you were breastfed, from that time forward, the function of your 100 trillion cells began degrading because, through no fault of your own, your body was put into glucosis and continued in that poisonous state for decades. The longer you live in glucosis, which is the opposite of ketosis, the more degraded cell function becomes. Once you shift into ketosis and the excess weight disappears, the cells start healing. And what comes from the cells healing? Whatever lifestyle chronic diseases you may have had when you went into ketosis begin the process of disappearing. Remember this list? Obesity, insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, inflammatory disease, cardiovascular disease, and heart disease? Your body begins to heal itself with the end result that in several months the diseases are gone. Ketosis is also astounding for preventing dementia, which includes Alzheimer's. When caught in the early stages, dementia can even be corrected by ketosis. Was all I just told you about ketosis intended to sell you on it? 
Although ketosis sells itself to intelligent, rational people, that wasn't my reason for sharing the facts about ketosis with you. I shared it so that you can begin to understand why ketosis is an existential threat to big med, big pharma, and big food. They have to lie to you. They have to convince you ketosis is bad. The press release about a study no one has ever seen and the millions of dollars spent to spread that story across the globe is part of a continuing effort to use disinformation to scare you away from something that will tank their industries if the truth, the science, is understood and acted upon. They can't allow that because trillions of dollars are at stake. The way to preserve those trillions of dollars in, the fu in future revenue is to keep you ignorant and on the path of disease. Objectively, it's a tactic that has worked beautifully for them over the last 40 plus years. Why? Because Americans buy into the disinformation hook, line, and sinker, which has resulted in America being the most ill society in all of human history. Do you know what you will never see? You'll never see researchers evaluate the health of a cohort comprised of thousands of people living in ketosis. Why will you never see that? Because big med, big pharma, and big food already know what the results would be. Researchers wouldn't find a single study participant with any chronic diseases, except those from genetic abnormalities such as type 1 diabetes. If the participant pool was, say, 5,000 people. How could Big Med, Big Pharma, and Big Food explain to the American people not finding a single chronic disease in 5,000 people? The only thing distinguishing them from the rest of the U.S. population being they've been living in ketosis. Because Big Med, Big Pharma, and Big Food know that would be the outcome, they will never allow that study to be funded. If you want to understand the science of glucosis and ketosis, presented in a way everyone can understand, you should read Body Science. All you need to do is go to drreality.news, drreality.news, and grab a copy. It's that easy to learn and understand the science and leave disease behind. You'll find the link to Body Science down in the notes. While you're there, consider also picking up a copy of Income Tax Shattering the Myths. The U.S. government's narrative that ordinary working Americans owe income tax is based on just as much disinformation as the issues we've been discussing today. Corey has read both Body Science and Income Tax Shattering the Mist, and this is a comment he made on social media recently. Quote, as of today, I've now been doing keto for two and a half years. Also, this is my 13th year of non-participation in the income tax scam. Close quote. You can be there too. All it requires is to stop believing the disinformation and see the truth with your own eyes. Body Science and Income Tax Shattering the Mist do that for you. Also, by purchasing Body Science and or Income Tax Shattering the Mist, you help me to continue to be here for you with these thought-provoking presentations. Please share this vodcast. Thanks for being here. Take care.